Unbeaten, top-ranked, and top-seed Gonzaga continues its quest for the first national championship in school history on Sunday, taking on Creighton in Indianapolis as the big dance continues and no better person to break down the Zags' chances of getting it done than the voice of Gonzaga basketball, Tom Hudson, who joins us from his, I guess, Tom, we could say your new home away from home, (laughs) Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, And hopefully you'll be there much longer. Tell us, first of all, um, how it's been going uh, with this uh, semi-bubble setup for these teams in Indianapolis. You know, it's been remarkable, Tom, to see. And I think when you look at what the NCAA has done to put this thing on, and I think that you had 68 teams that came to this city and the logistics of hotels and practice time. And like you talked about the bubble, you know, I mean, for a while there, you know, teams weren't really able to get outside of their hotels. When they got here, they had to quarantine in their own rooms for 24 hours. They couldn't see anybody from their own teams. And so, you know, they've done a, a whole lot of work to try to make this thing happen. Uh, and so it has been, it's been very different. And, you know, I, I think for the team walking to practice, even, you know, you're walking by volunteers or making sure that you don't have any contact with anyone, uh, you know, even to get something to someone who's in the hotel, you know, have to bring it to security and leave it there. And the security calls who you're trying to see. And then, you know, that person comes down and they get whatever it is that you're leaving. You know, it could be food, it could be equipment, whatever it is. And so, you know, it's been interesting, like you said, to think that they've put all this together and the teams have really been, you know, I think focused and dialed in and really had a, a pretty good grasp of what this all means and how important it has been, you know, to follow all these rules. And I, I think now, uh, that we're down to the Sweet 16. You know, there's been some more opportunity to get outside. There's a minor league ballpark that's right across from kind of where the, the hotels are. Uh, and, you know, people are escorted over there, but they're able to go outside and spend a little bit of time and, and get a little bit of space. You know, I know our guys got to go to the zoo the other day, which, uh, you know, hey, in, in normal times, probably you would say, yeah, you know what, a 18 to 22 year old kid might not be all that impressed by going to the zoo. But the fact that they were able to get out and get some fresh air and go and see some stuff uh, is, is pretty cool. So they've been able to get out a, a little bit and do some things, but it has been really locked down and it has been, you know, very different. And, and even from our standpoint, Tom, you, you know, you go to a game, you're only allowed in, you know, we've had to get permission to get in. Our pregame shows an hour long. You know, I have to get permission to get into the building 90 minutes before our tip, you know, to get set up and then be ready to go. Uh, as soon as the game's over, as soon as you're off the air, boom, you're out of the arena. You know, you don't get to sit and watch games like you do in normal tournaments. So it's been different from a a lot of perspectives, but uh, like I said, so far, so good. I I think they've done a nice job of of putting this thing together. So at least we could play a tournament. There's always been this rhythm, as as you know, Tom, it's, it's game starting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the rhythm of the NCAA tournament for obvious reasons that that rhythm has, has changed. Has that had any noticeable uh, impact just the difference in scheduling. I think the last time you guys played was Saturday, yep. and now the next time you play is going to be, you know, on Sunday. That's a big break in in tournament terms. Well, it is, and it's it's kind of interesting to see Tom how they have set this up. And I think because they had to play, you know, normally you have the the first four in Dayton on a Tuesday, right? And then you start the tournament on Thursday. Well, because they wanted everybody here, the first four happened on Thursday, so everything kind of got pushed back. It is very interesting to see, like you said, you know, you sit here and, and I debated whether or not I was going to go back to Spokane. I had some travel issues that kind of sealed that for me. I thought, ah, is it worth, you know, the three hour time zone and all the stuff to, to go back home? But you're right. I mean, you're sitting here for, you know, five, six days without playing a game. And 
as you said, there is a rhythm. You, you know, you play those first two games, and if you win, you go home. You're there for a couple of days. You know, you kind of reset. Uh, you pack. You know, the coaches are able to, to really dive into some stuff, and then you go on to the next city. And like I said, there's, there's a great rhythm to it. And with this, it's not quite there. But, you know, again, I think that the teams have done a nice job of, of kind of figuring out how to do it. I'm with you. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, at this weekend's game with having this extra time off, you know, our team's going to be sharp. It's going to take a little while to, to get going because that, that rhythm definitely uh, is not here with this big a break. As I mentioned, Creighton on Thursday, what, what can you tell us about that ball club and what do you think the primary challenges they will present to the Bulldogs? You know, Creighton is really good. Uh, you know, I, I, in some respects, Tom, I have been trying to argue against this whole notion that, Gonzaga's already playing for an undefeated national championship, right? You still have to win games to get there. I thought Oklahoma was a pretty good test. And then Creighton is, is going to be a really good one. You know, it's been interesting in the tournament. They've really been leaning on their starters. You know, the starters have been playing anywhere between 37 and 32 minutes a game. So those, those five guys have been playing a ton of their minutes. And that being said, those guys have played really well. And they are experienced. You know, they're all upperclassmen in their starting lineup. We played them back in 2018, and two of the kids we played against are on this roster right now. So there's a lot of college experience, which Coach Few really likes to point out. Hey, these guys have played a lot of games, and there's something to be said for that. So, uh, you know, they're a really good offensive team, and Coach McDermott does a great job offensively. They're not quite as, as big. You know, of those starting five, the, the tallest guy is six seven, But, you know, they're – a good offensive team. I, I think they're a pretty decent defensive team. They've got uh, one kid, a freshman who's a seven footer who does come off the bench a little bit that provides some, you know, some inside height, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because Creighton, when we played them a couple of years ago, we scored 102 maybe, and they scored 93 it was somewhere in that range. We both were over 90. We were over hundred. And so it's going to be interesting to see, are they going to want to try to get into that type of a game with GU now? I mean, Gonzaga leads the country in scoring, you know, 92 points a game and shooting it at 55%. Uh, you know, are they going to want to run up and down? Are they going to want to slow it down? You know, their first two games were a lot slower pace. I think they're averaging 67 points a game. So it's going to be interesting to see how they want to play. But they've got some really good three-point shooters. And then even though they're not really big, they've got some aggressive kids uh, that really get after it in the paint. So I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup. And again, you know, it was kind of like with Oklahoma. People saw their 10 losses and said, okay, God's eyes just going to roll over them. But if you dig a little bit deeper, you saw they had some good wins and you know, I think with this Creighton team as well, at 22 and eight coming in, you know, of those eight losses, you know, the majority of those things were really close. They had a couple of blowout losses, but a lot of them are, you know, in that kind of eight to five point range. And uh, I, I think that uh, you don't want to sleep on this team because I think they're pretty good. You mentioned their size, and that certainly leads you to believe there may be some opportunities in the paint for mm -hmm. one Drew Timmy, who has been obviously outstanding and was terrific in that victory against uh, Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, I think the beauty of, of the Bulldogs, Tom, is you can have a different standout performance by a number of players in any given game. I don't know if, you know, obviously if you see a size issue, you feel like you can exploit it. Any coach is going to do that. But, you know, Gonzaga, to me, the beauty of watching these guys play, especially on the offensive end, is they just do what they do. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair assessment of, of going into any game? That's a very fair assessment. And I think all you have to do is look at Drew's first two games. You know, the game against Norfolk State, I think he was three out of seven from the field, scored 10 points. But he had four or five assists in that game, right? So he wasn't necessarily worried. It wasn't going for him, but it was okay because his teammates were, were getting it done. I mean, he's really comfortable with that. And then 
you, you know, he had told the coaches after the game, hey, I didn't play as well as I, you know, as I wanted to. And they went to him and obviously, you know, the fourth 30 point performance in, in school history in the NCAA tournament, he played great. But I think it's one of the special teams about this group. And everybody talks about, hey, you know, we're all best friends and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You hear that about everybody. But I think when you watch this team and the way they share the ball, you're absolutely right. Because it can be any guy on any given night. And I think one of the great things about this group is it's always moving around. You know, we had 27 assists on 34 makes against Norfolk State. I mean, it was just ridiculous, right? So everybody knows the ball's coming back to them at some point. So you don't feel like a guy catches the ball and he's got to shoot it because he knows he's not going to touch it again. Uh, so there's great sharing in the basketball. And I think that leads to exactly what you said, those opportunities for this guy could score 25 tonight. And then he might score, you know, eight or 10 the next night. And then, you know, another guy's going to score 25 on that night. So the, the balance is phenomenal. And like I said, I think the, the fact that they share the ball so well is, is a really big part of that. I want to ask you to break down a potential Elite Eight matchup because nothing is to be taken for granted in this tournament. But if the Zags do get by um, Creighton, look, even at that Elite Eight level, you're going to see either USC or Oregon, and and both of those teams have been very impressive. So there is no easy road to a national championship in any year, and especially this year, given the circumstances of trying to win one uh, in a pandemic. How is the team carrying this? Look, they're not only – trying to win a national title, they are trying to make some history, history that hasn't been made since 1976 with the unbeaten label also being applied to the title of national champion. Is this something that outwardly is, is addressed or has been addressed recently? I'm sure the guys are asked about it. How do they handle that? I think for the most part, Tom, one, one of the great things, you know, Coach Few mentioned after the WCC tournament uh, when we beat uh, BYU in the championship game, it came up and he said, hey, listen, OK, we're on the verge of something special. And I think coming into this year, the thought was, you know, we have a roster that can go and win a national championship. I think when you looked at our games against, you know, Kansas and West Virginia, uh, Iowa, Virginia, to think that we would have made it through that unscathed. You know, I don't know that anybody really felt that early on. But coach, after the game against BYU, did address it. And he said, hey, you know what, guys, we're, we're on the verge of something special. You know, our, our goal is to win a national championship and we're here undefeated and this is, is sitting out in front of us. So, you know, he addressed it. And, and Tom, what I think is interesting here, and I may be wrong on this, but my, my feel has been a little bit because you don't have so much media here and because there's not as much access and because there aren't as many fans in the building, you're not feeling that complete pressure. You know, it's, it's not, you've been in these press conferences before where there are, you know, 30 or 40 people sitting there and the entire 15 minute session may be about one topic. If somebody asks a question, somebody else asks it, and then it just builds and builds and grows. And I don't think we've had that quite as much here because of the, you know, you're doing it on zoom and you know, okay, who's holding up their hand. Oh, is that so-and-so, oh, you know, and, and there's a little bit of that stuff. So I don't feel like there's been maybe as much of the outward pressure that we would have had if it was a normal year. That being said, I know people are talking about it and I know that it is a huge deal and it is a huge deal. Um, but, you know, the other thing that you're missing a little bit is that feeling. And I, I go back to that year that we were first uh, number one seed back in 2013 and we went to Salt Lake City and there was just kind of this feeling of, oh, this is John Stockton City and, you know, we're close to home and everybody's going to love us we're playing Southern in that first round game in the one sixteen, and Southern is creeping in. And that thing went down, you know, to the wire. Kevin Pangos had to hit a big shot to really kind of secure that win. But the people turned on us, right? People wanted to see the 16 knock off the number one, right? 
And, and so you haven't quite felt that because the, the crowds have been mostly, you know, because the fans are only from the two teams that are there. You know, it's not like, okay, all four teams have fans in the building. And so I'm rooting for the one to lose because my team then is going to play the 16. I've got a better chance to advance. It's just my fans and your fans. And so that I think has been a little bit different. You haven't felt that big pressure, you know, when a game has gotten close, you know, against Oklahoma, they cut it to single digits. Well, we were able to, you know, stay on our feet and and make a couple of plays and extend that thing out again. Um, So I think that part's been interesting too, but yeah, there is absolutely, there is, there is pressure to it and they have addressed it. And I think coach has done a great job in that and saying, Hey guys, let's embrace it. Now we didn't want to talk about it when we were, you know, 20 and 0 or 21 and 0. But when we got to 26 and had won the league tournament, it's like, okay, let's let's start talking about this and let's embrace this this opportunity, really, to, to be undefeated, which, I mean, what an amazing feat that will be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you touched on something that really is, unless you're the victim of it, is the beauty of the NCAA tournament. And it's been on full glorious display in, in this big dance, and that is the upset. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'll put it to you this way. My bracket is a dumpster fire that's gone over a waterfall. Okay. So, and I'm, I know I'm not alone in that, but I just want to get your impressions. If you take Gonzaga and your job and your role with the program and just look at the tournament in its totality, what have been some of your main takeaways? Well, it has been that. And I think again, for me, the appreciation of what this program has done anywhere from a double digit seed to a number one seed now to a number one overall seed to be able to be as consistent as this program has been, you know, there was that knock for so long, oh, Gonzaga never wins any games and they never get out of the first weekend. You know, the last time Gonzaga lost an NCAA tournament first round game was to Steph Curry in 2008. Uh, and so when you see that, and, and if you take a step back and understand it, and just how hard it is to win games, you know, just to win one game. I mean, I think Kansas has won 14 straight first round games. We've won 12. And then, and then it drops down to maybe four or five, I think. Um, it's hard to win games. And you're seeing it, like you said, Tom, that, you know, all of a sudden these, you know, seeds come in and it feels like to me in a lot of ways, the, the gap is shrinking. You know, some of these 15 and 16 seeds are are good basketball teams. And I think kids are going to places where they can play a little bit more now than maybe you know, hey, I got recruited by this top 10 program and I'm going to go there. And then they end up sitting at the end of the bench. You know, they're, they're kids that are going to places where they can play. And it's hard. It's really difficult to win games. So from my perspective, watching it, it just gives you so much more of an appreciation. Because, you know, for the most part, when you look at what Gonzaga has been able to do, and I think it's one of the greatest things that Coach Few has done that's been so remarkable over this run is – the Zags win games that they should win. And for as simple and as silly as that sounds, you know, they don't get, you know, knock on wood. I mean, you don't have that huge upset Um, and and it's very hard to do. And I think that uh, just watching the tournament, like you said, and seeing some of those upsets and and watching it all take place. um, It's, it's remarkable to see what Gonzaga has been able to accomplish uh, over this stretch, you know, and, and to be able to win these games. And, and it does make it exciting. You're right. I mean, it's so much fun watching those games. I mean, and one of the interesting things, Tom, getting off topic a little bit, but having all 68 teams here in Indianapolis, it was fascinating. You know, I was I was downtown. I had dinner and I was coming back. And, you know, you've got those teams that had upset wins. All of a sudden, you know, I'm seeing people in North Texas clothes, you know, and they're, you know, screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering and the Abilene Christian people and the Oral Roberts people. You know, if you're in a normal tournament, you're not getting that. You're getting some of it, you know, if, if the upset happened to have, you know, take place in your town. But if not, you're not feeling that. So that was kind of interesting being here with all those upsets going on. 
and seeing all those fan bases, uh, you know, although they weren't really large, just seeing, uh, you know, excited people it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's great stuff. Has anybody uh, in really stood out to you and said, wow, they're, they're playing at a very high level right now. And that's a team to keep an eye on as this thing progresses as we're now down to 16. You know, I think Baylor looks like they're starting to round back into form, you know, coming back from that COVID pause. I think they looked a little bit, you know, sluggish and maybe a little bit rusty, but I think they're starting to play well. You know, Michigan, you know, for me, sometimes those teams that survive a little bit of a scare that get by all of a sudden seem to find a boost and, and kind of get going. Obviously, they look good. And then you said it. I mean, you look on the other side of the West here with, with USC and Oregon and look what the Pac-12 done here, you know, kind of out of nowhere. I saw Wayne Tinkle was kind of saying, hey, maybe we'll get some respect now. And, and when you look at how those two teams are playing, uh, you know, that's a little bit scary, too, because I, I think in this year, we always talk about, obviously, you want to be playing your best at the end of the season. But I think this year more so than any because of some of those stops and goes and, you know, not having the consistency all the way through. Uh, you know, teams like Oregon and USC, I think, can be very, very scary because, you know, they come into this thing and you win a couple games and all of a sudden you feel really, really good about yourself. So you know, I think, like I said, I think Baylor and Michigan actually, I, I feel like they're playing really well. But I think USC and Oregon are, are two that, that are right on top of it, too. Well, you know, to go back to Coach Tinkle and his squad, I mean, this this is the beauty, Tom, of, of college basketball in this event, that a team that was a preseason pick to finish last in its conference is one of the final 16 standing in the tournament with a shot at a national title. It is March Madness. It is the beauty of the sport. I think it, look, I, I love all basketball, but to me, you, you cannot even c- compare NBA playoff action to March Madness. They are, I, I know it's apples and oranges, but in terms of pure joy and excitement, I think college hoops has that thing locked up. Yeah, I'll take a game seven in the NBA finals. Sure. But in the big picture, give me the dance. I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think, too, you know, and I didn't mention, obviously, that Loyola Chicago team that Oregon State is yeah. going to be. I mean, what a, a, a wonderful opportunity. Like you talk about. So Oregon State gets an opportunity, and they've taken advantage of it. You know, and I mean, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you would have said Oregon State had a terrible season. And now all of a sudden, hey, man, they get hot. And they win some games in the tournament. They start to believe in themselves. And then they win these two. And, and now you're looking at it and saying, man, Oregon State's got a chance to play in the Elite Eight. I, I mean, this is, like you said, what a remarkable story and remarkable run. And then on the other side of it is a team like Loyal Chicago, who is coming out of a mid-major conference that had success a couple years ago. And now here they are again making another charge. And, you know, it feels like the WCC was, you know, when Gonzaga started to make its run, you know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, where, okay, it's, it's a one-bid league and it's hard to come back and win it again and, and to put yourself back in position. Well, they've done it. And, you know, you love to see, you know, I mean, you, you see their big kid and, and what a great story that is. You know, I mean, you put him and the kid from Illinois, you know, stand them next to each other and people would say, there's no way that guy's team can win. There's no way. And then they go and play, and it happened. And, and what a cool thing as well that to keep everybody excited. And I, I'm with you to see those those programs have an opportunity, you know, to jump in here and play with the big boys and, and see what happens. Uh, I, yeah, I take this one all day long. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Loyola, Sister Jean's up to her old tricks again. So <laughs> they, they got that going for her. Hey, Tom, it's always a pleasure to catch up. I appreciate your time very much. We look forward to the call on this Sunday. And, we hope you have to spend a lot more time in Indianapolis before all is said and done, all the way through to a championship game. 
All right. Hey, Tom, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And uh, I feel the same. I was kind of joking with my wife. I said, I might be gone for three weeks. Everything goes well. And she said, okay, we'll see you later. And I said, well, wait, aren't you? Wait, you're going to miss me at all? You know, like we were talking about it. She is a Gonzaga grad. And so she's, uh, she's all in. So yeah, hopefully we talk to you from here again sometime soon. All right, Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tom Hudson, he's the voice of Gonzaga basketball. And again, the Zags taking on Creighton. Sunday in Sweet 16 action back in Indianapolis.